بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وخاتم النبيين وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى في محكم تنزيله بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن في خلق السماوات والأرض واختلاف الليل والنهار لآيات لأولي الألباب الذين يذكرون الله قياما وقعودا وعلى جنوبهم ويتفكرون في خلق السماوات والأرض ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك فقنا عذاب النار صدق الله العظيم My dear respected brothers and elders respected and dear beloved students and youngsters assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh indeed all of mankind is engaged in efforts and in struggles in this life the goal of all the efforts is one and the same but the methodology of those efforts differ greatly Everyone is striving to achieve happiness and contentment and a better life in this world. Better life for themselves and their family members and loved ones and children. But how they go about trying to achieve that happiness is very different. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى وَالنَّهَارِ إِذَا تَجَلَّى وَمَا خَلَقَ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنْثَى إِنَّ سَعْيَكُمْ لَشَتَّى that by the night as it covers the earth in darkness, and by the day as it brings forth the light, and by the being who created the male and the female, in nasa'iyakum lashatta, verily your efforts are diverse in nature. Everyone is making effort every day when they get up. They take upon themselves the burden how we can make this day a better day. But what practical steps they take in that direction differs greatly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear to us <coughs> in his book that that contentment of heart and that peace of mind and that inner happiness and composure that we are all striving to achieve and that satisfaction and meaning in life that we want it does not lie in the material things of this world. A person can have the kingdom of Nimrud a person might achieve the army of Fir'aun, the wealth of Qarun, the beautiful palaces of the Thamud, the beautiful gardens of the Qom of Saba, and have a financial empire and trade routes and be successful in importing and exporting like Ahlul Madian, the nation of Shu'ib alayhi salam. Or he may be working hard in the gym and have the physical strength of the Qawm Aad who call out Man Ashaddu Minna Quwah Awalam Yaru Anna Allah Alladhi Khalaqahum Hu Ashaddu Minhum Quwah Who said who can be stronger than us? Do they not see the God Allah who created them is stronger than them? But he will not find that inner happiness and satisfaction in any of the above. That is why these stories were repeated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. On the other hand, the true happiness 
is found only in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attracts our attention with the harfu tanbih. He says, Allah, verily, listen. Some of the translations of the Quran, they translate it as, Behold, or verily. This is a phrase used in the Arabic language to attract the attention of the listener or the reader. Verily, it is only in the remembrance of Allah that the hearts will find contentment. So we have two options. Either we can try every different medicine that is being presented out there in the, by the people of the world and fail all the tests and come to this conclusion, hopefully before we die, which is also unknown time. Or we can trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He is the one who is the most truthful and take His word for it. The one who created us, created our nafs, created our soul, created our ruh, created our jasad, our body, who is the creator of everything in existence, He is making this definitive statement that the contentment lies only in His remembrance. So it would be very foolish for us to ignore this statement of reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we find the condition of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The one who we can all agree was the most successful human being. And the one who was most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who had the loftiest status. The one who is the afdalul khalqi ajma'een. The best of the entire creation. What was the condition of his heart? What is the kifiyatu qalbi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Da'iman kana muta'alliqan billahi azza wa jal. Bihadratillah. All conditions throughout the day, throughout the night, in khalwa, in jalwa, in solitude or in company, his heart was continually in contact with and in remembrance of Allah azza wa jal. One simple way we can gauge that and we can get a slight barometer of that is if we go over and deeply consider the significance and the meanings of something which we take very lightly, the masnoon du'as. The du'as which are masnoon, masnoon meaning they are thabit from Rasulullah they are attributed to Rasulullah These are those prayers and various invocations and du'as that emanated from the heart of Rasulullah through the tongue of Rasulullah and were recorded by his companions and have been transmitted to us. The dua of Rasulullah for various different conditions throughout the day and the night. When we were in the Dawlat al-Hadith, the last year of the Alim program, in where we study from, from before Fajr, all day there's classes till Dhuhr, from Dhuhr till Asr. Asr to break, to be honest, there's the only break in the day. Then from Maghrib till Isha, and then after Isha till late at night. It is called the Dawrat al-Hadith, the year when you cover all the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu So you cover the entire Sahih Bukhari, every single hadith. Whole Sahih Muslim, whole Tirmidhi, Nasai, Ibn Majah, Abu Dawood, Muttaimah Malik, Muttaimah Muhammad, Sharam Anil Athar, Littahawi. These voluminous works, entire works have to be completed to gain the Sanad and Ijazah in hadith. So the volume of hadith is so great that you learn in that one last year. 
So the students, they, they would appreciate and be interested in, in academic discussions. When there would be deeper uh, discussions given by the professor of hadith, the shaykh al-hadith on topics of aqidah, topics of belief, the deviant sects that have arisen in Islam, what are the refutations of those wrong interpretations? Um, other points of wisdom, nukat, other lataif, very beautiful, subtle points, and they would appreciate that and be interested in that. But then in the books of hadith, we would come to the chapter, Kitab al Ad'iyah, the chapter on the du'as of Rasulullah. So the students would sometimes lose focus. Because there is not much academic discussion that can be done here. This is a chapter on the dua. So Rasulullah chapter on what is the dua of Rasulullah when he woke up in the morning? What is the dua of Rasulullah before he ate? What is the dua of Rasulullah after he finished eating? What is the dua of Rasulullah before he went into the bathroom? When he came out of the bathroom? When he entered the masjid, when he left the masjid? Uh, when he wore clothes? When he saw himself in the mirror? Any and every condition that we go through in daily life, there are duas attributed to Rasulullah so when we go through that chapter, students would turn, maybe because of the excessive workload as it is to begin with, start dozing off, not paying attention. Okay, we know this. Whatever, he's not going to add anything extra. So I recall then the teacher, he, he attracted our attention to this point and he made a very important point. He said, you think these du'as are a waste of time and nothing important to pay attention towards. But in reality, if these, only these du'as are made with the correct intention and focus, then these are the stairs that a person can climb to gain complete ma'rifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can become an arif billah. The one who is aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and has reached the pinnacle of ihsan. Because what do we see if you take a quick glance at those du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu Constant remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any state of heedlessness or ghafla ever coming in between. As soon as you wake up, first state of, of, of wakefulness then it comes on the noble tongue of Rasulullah Alhamdulillah alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur these are the du'as if our children go to Islamic school they are learning in Islamic school they might even end up know, knowing more du'as than we do but we all need to equally study the, and learn these du'as and practice them with the correct understanding that all praise and thanks to that Allah who has brought me back into a state of life after I was in a state similar to death. And towards him is our final return. So this is pretty deep. What it means is that as you are waking up from your sleep, you are not only thanking Allah that he brought you back to, brought you back to a state of wakefulness when you could have passed away in your sleep. So this life that you have today, this, this day that you have to live, that is coming day, this is a blessing of Allah that you are thanking him for. But moreover, as you are rubbing your eyes and getting, becoming awake, you are, go, you are remembering the scene, which is a definite reality that is going to come. That just as you are awakening from your bed today, a time will come when you will be awakening from your grave. And you will be resurrected on the Day of Judgment. You see the... So that is why he, the way he is praising Allah and thanking Allah, and he's saying, وَإِلَيْهِ nushur." Towards him is our return. Meaning, I will, just like I woke from my sleep today, I will one day wake from my grave. As Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, under the tafsir of وَنُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَإِذَاهُمْ مِنَ الْأَجْذَاثِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَنْسِلُونَ 
that the trumpet will be blown, the second blowing of the trumpet. Do we remember that the trumpet will be blown twice? The trumpet will be blown twice. Israfil salam, the great angel of Allah, has already held the trumpet in his hands and has already put the trumpet to his mouth and has already inhaled and is just waiting to exhale. Waiting. When his order come to exhale, then he'll begin exhaling. So the first trumpet will be blown. Then everything, the heavens and earth will come to a destruction. And Rasulullah explained that life will continue going on. Until not a single person will be left in this world who says Allah, Allah, who knows Allah. Then Allah will say, what is the purpose of the sun and this earth, this universe? Why does the sun have to continue to rise in the east, head in the west, and the earth rotate on its axis? This universe has no purpose if there's not a single person left who recognizes me. So for that last person, the whole universe will continue to remain in existence. And when he dies, then the trumpet will be blown. But it will start slowly, and they will, everyone will hear a sound, a slight sound. They'll be wondering, what is it? It's just mildly irritating. It's bothersome. But then they will continue to ignore it and continue on with their lives. But it will be increasing in tempo. The decibel level will be increasing. And just like sometimes the people, youngsters, when they are uh, pumped their volume up high on the music in the cars, we see that even the, our windows start shaking. We see the effects of loud sound creates vibrations and things begin to shake. So that is how the universe will be destroyed through the sound, through the shaking, that it will shake up the entire universe. It will increase, increase until the entire world will be destroyed and the mountains will be flying like dust. So that is the first blowing of the trumpet. Then there will be a period of time when everything will be destroyed. Then the, period, the trumpet will be blown again, second time. When it's blown, blown the second time, then everyone will be resurrected from their graves. From their resting places, they will be resurrected and they will be proceeding automatically towards the mahshar, towards the place of, of, of judgment. So, every morning when you are awakening from your sleep, imagine if you are reciting this dua. Even we, we did not even progress to any other dua. We are stuck on the first dua when you wake up. But if you have this concept that you are remembering judgment day, And you're remembering how you're going to wake up on that day and face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How will you lead the rest of your day? Versus the one who is focused just on, I got to get to work. I got to make more money. I'm going to be late. Or there might be traffic. And he's just rushing. He has no concept of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or remembrance of the hereafter. Then, before you eat, if you're going to, you, before, when you wash yourself, you make wudu. There's du'as before wudu, du'as after wudu. Dua before you eat, Bismillah wa barakatillah. What we find of, if in summary is that every moment remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before beginning any action, Bismillah, in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After completing any action, Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks to Allah. You, you worked so hard with the sweat of your bro, you brought the money, you earned the money, and your wife made so much effort, she bought the ingredients and she cooked and made labor all day in the kitchen. And then together, the husband and wife, when they're enjoying the meal, after they finish, what do they say? Alhamdulillah, alladhi at'amana hadha ta'am, wa razaqanahu, min ghayri hawlim minna wa la quwa. Min ghayri hawlim minna wa la quwa. Meaning, you negate everything that you have done. And you say that all praise and thanks is to that Allah, who has provided this beautiful meal to us, 
that's good enough, right? No. Without any effort and any input from our side, we didn't do anything. Because whatever ability I had to earn, whatever ability my wife had to cook, who granted us that ability, who granted us that strength, and who granted us that talent, it goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why I ended the tafsir of Alhamdulillah when it says all praises belong to Allah. And then in the deeper tafsir of that, they say, okay, what, what about if you say all praise should be to Allah, that might make sense. But how can you say all praise is for Allah? Because I might come inside and I praise this is a beautiful building. So I'm, and the building is not Allah. So the praise is for Allah, for other than Allah. So how can all praise be for Allah? Or somebody says that, what a beautiful painting, what a beautiful picture, what a beautiful building, what a beautiful meal you provided. What a, anything, what a beautiful person you are. So you are praising different people and this is a praise to Allah, and you are saying, Alhamdulillah, all praise belong to Allah. So the explanation of that is, all praises belong to Allah, either directly or indirectly. Because all khair comes from Allah. So when you are praising Allah directly, you say Alhamdulillah, that is definitely directly. And if you praise anything else, if you say, wow, Sears Tower is such a beautiful, or Willis Tower is such a tall building in the Windy City, it's surviving all these years and, and it doesn't come crashing down, it's so beautiful. Then you are praising Fadl Rahman Khan, you know, he was, he was the structural engineer, he was such a genius, he designed uh, a breakthrough technology in structural design to create such a building. But who gave him that intelligence? Allah. So your, your hamd and your praise goes back eventually back to Allah. So all praises are back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Either directly or indirectly. If you see a beautiful building, the architect or the engineer or the craftsman or those who built it, who gave them that skill? Allah. So your praise goes back to Allah. So this is after eating. And every dua is so appropriate to the occasion. You see yourself in the mirror. Seeing yourself in the mirror, there's a dua for looking at yourself in the mirror. Allahumma kama hassanta khalqi fahassin khuluqi. Oh Allah, just like you have made my outward appearance beautiful. Oh Allah, I ask from you to make my inner character beautiful as well. Then we cannot say, hey, I'm not beautiful, this doesn't apply to me. No, every person. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمٍ Every human being is the most beautiful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know this for a fact. That human beings are the most beautiful creation of Allah. There's no doubt about that. One time in a very romantic mood when Harun Rashid, the Khalifa was sitting with his wife Malika Zubaydah in his terrace of his palace and he was looking at the moon and then he said, Wallahi, O Zubaydah, if you are not more beautiful than the full moon that is arisen above us, then you are Taliq. I give you Talaq. So this was a conditional divorce. So he went and asked many different scholars and they said that the moon, the full moon in Arabic poetry and literature is known as the most beautiful thing in existence. That is why the Ansari girls when they welcomed Rasulullah in Medina, they said, Tala'al Badru Alayna. The moon in its different phases has different names. We've heard of the Hilal, the Hilal is the first moon. And the Badr is the full moon. So the 49th moon is called Badr and the first night moon is called Hilal. And their names for in the moon in between as well. So they said, "Tala al Badru alayna min thaniyat al Wadai, wajab al Shukru alayna ma daal illahi daai. Ayuha al Mabrothu fiina jita bil amri al Mutai, jita sharrafta al Madina, jita bil amri al Mutai." Right. This is the famous poem of the welcoming of Rasulullah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they call him Badr. 
the full moon. So the full moon is most beautiful. You said if you, the full, you're not more beautiful than the full moon, then you're a tariq. So unfortunately, uh, she is not your wife. She is now your ex-wife, ex-queen of the Abbasi Khilafah. So then he finally, he, he didn't want to hear that answer. So he went, uh, you know, fatwa shopping. Google the fatwa. See if he can get another answer. Then finally he went to Qadi Abu Yusuf, Yaqub ibn Ibrahim, the student of Imam Abu Hanif, And he said, your wife is... In, your marriage is intact and she will remain your wife because Allah said The human being is the most beautiful creation of Allah. So when you see yourself in the mirror, you say, Oh Allah, like you made me beautiful. You could have made me an ant. You could have made me a scorpion. You could have made me a snake. You could have made me Allah, a pig. But you made me a human being. You made me So we could go on, continue through all the du'as. But Final point, uh, we have a guest speaker today uh, who's visiting us and he'll be speaking, taking a few moments to address us. So I won't have to cut this short, but let us leave with this take-home point. That let us focus on the du'as of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Take them to heart, pick up a copy of the book of du'as, whether it's Hisnul al-Muslim, whether it's Adhkar al-Masnuna, and learn those du'as with understanding, begin to recite them, and you will begin to feel personally your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increasing.